2: It's 9.30 in
0: 716. I'm Susan Rose.
2: I'm Brian Mazrowski. A cold start for us out there today. 19 degrees feels like just 7 outside.
0: A class action lawsuit has been filed against the city of Buffalo over lack of fluoride in the city's drinking water.
2: Three plaintiffs claiming the city violated their constitutional right to a healthy environment. By depriving them of fluorinated drinking water, the city stopped adding fluoride to the drinking water in 2015 when it began upgrading its water system. The suit comes just days after Mayor Brown took responsibility for not alerting residents of the change.
3: Buck ultimately stops with me. Uh, you know, like others, I, I was not immediately uh, notified, uh, but I should have been, uh, and we should have put uh, the information out to the community. Uh, No excuse for it.
2: In addition to monetary damages and immediate restoration of fluoride to the water, the plaintiff's calling for the city to add dental clinics to reverse some of the harm they say has been done.
0: The Common Council will hear from experts on the issue today at City Hall. Here's WBEN's Max Ferry.
3: To the surprise of the public, including most city officials, Buffalo has not had fluoride in the drinking water since 2015. Today, during a community development meeting slated for 1 p.m., the Buffalo Common Council is continuing to look into what went wrong and have invited dental experts like UB School of Dental Medicine's Dr. Joseph Gambacorda to give testimony.
2: And we're looking to address the Common Council chamber to provide some information and background and try and help alleviate this situation. We were very much surprised on what had happened we were not informed.
3: In addition, the Buffalo Water Authority has been requested to speak during the meeting as well as response to a letter from Councilman David Rivera. What is Dr. Gambacorta's main message for the council?
2: Get the water fluoridated as soon as possible. You know, there's a lot of naysayers out there that fluoride in the water doesn't do anything, you know, and there's, there's, there's always a pro and con to every type situation. But in this situation, there's a lot of literature that's been published to demonstrate the positive impact that fluoridation in the water system has meant to the public.
3: I'm Max Ferry, WBEN.com News.
2: All right, Max, thank you. We're continuing to look at this issue. Congressman Brian Higgins asked about it yesterday.
3: Well, that situation needs to be corrected. And as soon as possible. Uh, Because uh, that's a problem. Uh, We know that uh, in older cities like Buffalo, uh, the infrastructure is not as good as it could be. And, uh, uh, you know, the replacement of of lead pipes uh, is an important issue as it relates to uh, residential communities within the the city of Buffalo. Uh, But this issue uh, needs to be dealt with as well.
2: As it stands on the lawsuit, do you think the city should be held liable? for those adversely affected by the lapse of fluoride in the drinking water. It's our RELAX Honda WebPole. Over at WBEN.com, close poll right now. You can vote again at WBEN.com.
0: In other news, prosecutors say charges against additional police officers in the Tyree Nichols case in Memphis are being considered as more officers are held accountable. More from Justin Finch.
1: Memphis police announcing two more officers are relieved of duty as his probe into Tyree Nichols' death continues. One seen trying to taser Nichols. Officer Preston Hemphill was on scene for that first January 7th confrontation between officers and Nichols, but not the second time when Nichols was tackled and beaten. After learning Nichols was found nearby, Hemphill heard saying, oh, is- Hemphill now on leave pending an investigation.
0: Three Memphis Fire Department personnel involved in treating Nichols also fired and two responding Shelby County Sheriff deputies have been relieved of duty pending an investigation.
2: WBEN News Time now, 506. While well, the impact and the dramatic uptick in Kia and Hyundai thefts now reaching insurers and those people who are their customers. WBEN's Tom Puckett is here with more.
3: Recent reports say State Farm and Progressive are not interested
2: in providing new coverage to Kia or Hyundai owners because of the recent rash of thefts.
0: It's all about managing risk.
2: Loretta Waters of Insurance Information Institute.
0: The impact of these excessive claims costs are impacting customers. Um, and, and just in this case, it became necessary to take action to protect both policyholders and, and businesses. because you know, if these claim frequencies have continued to grow.
3: But Craig Willoughby of Willoughby Insurance says those thefts are a blip in the billion dollar industry's radar. They're
2: not doing anything different because of Kia challenges on TikTok, it has no effect on them whatsoever. If people are getting turned down, it might be because they're standalone, it might be because they've had too many claims or too many losses. It's not because they're a Kia driver, at least not with Progressive. Willoughby says variables in this market will set off triggers, prompting changes such as requiring more than one vehicle to be covered or canceling because of too many claims. Hear more online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Now, Kia and Hyundai vehicle thefts up as much as 300% over the past two years in some cities across the country. Get this. St. Paul, Minnesota, Kia thefts up 1,300%. Hyundai thefts there up nearly 600% for 2022. In St. Louis, the thefts of Hyundais and Kias have risen 1,450%. In Chicago, 767%. The numbers are
0: staggering.
2: Absolutely astounding. Wow. I mean, almost unbelievable to uh, kind of see what's going on there. What does it look like in the city of Buffalo? Well, we'll uh, get a little bit of that answer coming up 8 o'clock. Buffalo Police Commissioner Joe Grimalia said to join us live.
0: Gas prices on the march Back up. Since late
2: December, gas prices have been inching up and they aren't stopping now. New data from the Energy Department out shows regular unleaded in the U.S. went up 7 cents to 3 48 a gallon in the past week. That's 12 cents above what we were paying a year ago at this time. The Rocky Mountain region has seen prices go up 11 cents in the past week. Californians are still paying the most at 4 a gallon on average for regular unleaded the gulf coast the least at 313 a gallon alex stone ebc news and around
0: here 345 on average that's about on par with what we were paying a month ago as well as this time last year
2: the dallas zoo confirming workers finding its emperor tamarin enclosure slashed with two of the monkeys gone early this week. How about that? It's another incident at the zoo. Police say it was an intentional cut made and the animals appear to have been taken from that enclosure. The fourth suspicious event at the zoo just the past month. Dallas police and zoo
1: officials investigating a mysterious string of break-ins and animal escapes after employees found more animals missing early Monday. In response, the Dallas Zoo is now stepping up security and limiting access to some of the animal enclosures overnight.
2: I mean, there have been animal deaths, uh, leopard. um, There have been vultures. uh,
0: Another death there.
2: And On purpose, you know, not just natural causes or anything like that.
0: And enclosures that have just been cut.
2: And escaped animals. Uh, Lionel Moyes there with the report, a $10,000 reward being offered for information leading to an arrest.
0: And Elton John continuing to break tour records. Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick
2: Road tour appears to be paved with gold bricks. Billboard says it's now the highest grossing tour in history. Over 278 shows, it's grossed $817.9 million, the first tour to break the $800 million mark. The previous highest earner was Ed Sheeran's Divide Tour, earning $776.4 million. Though Sheeran far outsold Elton when it comes to the number of tickets bought. And Elton's not done yet. He still has 51 shows to go on what we're told is his final tour. Jason Athenson, ABC News. Hollywood.
0: Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, partly sunny skies today, a little snow north and south of Buffalo. Temperatures will be in the low 20s. For tonight, partly to mostly cloudy and cold, lows in the teens. On Wednesday, a mix of sun and clouds, highs in the 20s. We're back in the 30s on Thursday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Joining us on the line
2: is Attorney Robert Corp. When we're talking about a suit, filed against the City of Buffalo over the lack of fluoride in drinking water. Robert, thanks so much for being with us this morning. This class action lawsuit, what can you tell us uh, about the basics? Who is filing and what are they looking for in return?
1: Good morning, Brian, Susan. Thanks for having me. Um, we're suing on behalf of, of three individuals who are uh, suing on behalf of a class of all folks who have lived in the city of Buffalo since 2015, anytime therein, and we're suing as a first order of business to have the fluoride um, fluoridization of Buffalo's water resumed immediately. That's the first order of business, and we want to see to that happening as soon as possible. Um, certainly, much sooner than December 2023, which is, I guess, the um, where the, the city officials are leaving it open until. Um, in addition to that, we are seeking um, a number of tools to help the people of Buffalo rebound from the damage that's been done by the eight years that they've gone without any fluoridation, without their knowledge. And the first thing we're looking for is for, the, for a court to order That the city create dental clinics in the free dental clinics in the city for anyone who has been harmed by the lack of fluoridation and and causing dental health problems. And then we're also seeking monetary damages to try to make folks whole for the um, damage that's been caused to them by the lack of fluoridation.
0: Robert, you mentioned at the beginning that this is on behalf of all city residents. So if there is a judgment, does it mean that all residents will receive something?
1: Yeah, so we have a class action lawsuit is a, is a tricky animal. And first and foremost, the injunction that we're seeking to have the water resumed immediately, that, that would be the, to the benefit of all city residents if the class is certified as we're hoping it will be and if we reach um a resolution either at trial or with the city before then um there would be mechanisms to um dividing any such recovery among city residents the people who are part of the class
2: can you help us understand if there is a difference in what exactly you're claiming here um the Lawsuit claims that the city violated a constitutional right to a healthy environment by not putting fluoride in the water. Uh, by this claim, would, would that be true for any municipality that doesn't put fluoride in the water? Because I'm assuming there are quite a few even here in western New York and throughout New York State. Or is this more at the lack of notice that residents had about the change away from fluoride, which exactly is under the microscope.
1: So I think it's both of those notions. You're right that the lawsuit is um, primarily under the New York State Constitution's new uh, Green Amendment, which was um, enacted recently and went into effect last year, which as you said, guarantees all New Yorkers the right to a healthful environment. And our feeling and our understanding of the science and literature is that as the New York State Department of Health, the CDC and the World Health Organization all demand that uh, the healthiest water includes um, fluoride, we think a healthful environment does indeed entail having fluoridated water. And there are a few other communities locally that that don't fluoridate, fluoridate their water. We think that's problematic. But I think what raises this to something that we see as an immediate harm and need to be remediated by the courts is the fact that the people of Buffalo were deceived for the last seven and a half years You have not just quotes from from Byron Brown and Common Council members that they're shocked that there's not fluoride in the water. You also are hearing from, and I've heard them on your station, uh, um, folks from the UB Dental School and local pediatric dentists and the New York State uh, Dentist Associations saying that they're shocked and that if they had known about this, they would have been They would have been educating the public that they need to be finding their sources of fluoride somewhere else. And they would have been much more proactive. And so it's really the it's it's both elements of that that we think are um, feeding into one another and and making our our suit a strong one.
2: When it comes to that notice, you mentioned public officials being shocked at the revelation that there's no fluoride. I find myself shocked that public officials are shocked over this because for the past seven years, it had been in the annual water quality report a couple of times in that seven page document that there is no fluoride currently in the water. Um, Now, that might not constitute great notice to residents of Buffalo, um, but it, probably should have uh, been enough notice to elected officials who are presumably looking at these documents once a year i when does the notice fail to you know in your mind qualify as ample notice because it wasn't necessarily a secret
1: <laughs> well i i think you know, what i would say about those annual reports is i i, I I don't think that it's in there, you know, a couple times per report. I think there. it is true that buried in small print on the seventh or eighth page, halfway through a paragraph near the bottom of the page, there is a sentence that a very discerning individual would be able to read and, and see that information. What is actually really helpful for plaintiffs, and I think that makes our lawsuit quite a bit stronger, is that there's a New York State health law, a New York State law that dictates what communities municipalities must do if they're going to stop fluoridating the water if you have fluoridation in the water and you want to stop there's a list of of steps that a municipality must do it starts with providing notice to 90 days prior to the, the cessation of um, of the fluoridation that you're going to do so and you then would have to open the form for public comments before you stop fluoridating the water. And then the city would have had to provide notice of its plan to stop fluoridating and really importantly, a list of alternative fluoride sources. You know, we're, we're talking about a city that has um, a large percentage of which it, it is, is not in a good place um, income-wise, who are not necessarily going to their dentist every six months for fluoride treatments if folks knew hey this is happening um we could have done something as a community to ensure that our most vulnerable had access to fluoride and so it really is the fact that there's that state law laying out what has to happen here which i i i assume that that state law exists both for the benefit of of the residents but also for the leaders in our community, because it's a lot to ask even the public officials to read every word um, of a lengthy document um, like those those water reports.
0: We're speaking live with attorney Robert Corp this morning on WBEN about the class action lawsuit being filed against the city over lack of fluoride in the water. Uh, Robert, is just the city of Buffalo named as a defendant or are there other specific defendants in this case?
1: So we have four named defendants. It's the, the city of Buffalo. It's Byron Brown, the mayor. It's the Buffalo Water Board. And it's O.J. McFoy, the, the chairman of the Buffalo Water Board. And, oh, and, and, sorry, and Veolia, North America, um, who is a private company that manages the Buffalo Water Board and, and purports to be um, an expert in the operations and maintenance of water systems. So, so there's five defendants. Okay.
0: Apologies. And Mayor Brown last Friday took responsibility for this, saying the buck stops with him. Will that be part of the suit?
1: Some of the comments that Mayor Brown made last Friday are, are already pled in our complaint. Um, the fact that he made the statement about the buck stopping with him, um, you know, we hope that that means that he's seeing to it that the city begins fluoridating the water immediately, not Six months, not six years from now, right now. Um, but as far as the rest of his comments about um, his shock and confusion about this, we, we echo those. Um, but we don't think that he's, that we, we disagree with him that the all of the responsibility here falls on him. There's each of the defendants have, um, we think, liability in causing this damage to, to Buffalo residents.
2: Now, could that list that you gave right there that included the water board, the chair, the mayor, could that be whittled down by a judge? Um, could some of those names be thrown out or is that just uh, kind of set in stone?
1: No, uh, each of the parties that we named would have the right to you know, various um, litigation tools and, and they could seek to get themselves out as defendants. Um, we think we have strong claims against each of them. Um, A lot of, you know, for the the city of Buffalo defendants um, are kind of part and parcel of one another, we think, and then this private management company, Viola, who who oversaw Flint, Michigan's water at the time of of the outbreak of controversy there, you know, we have similar but, but different causes of action against them.
2: You're calling on the city to add dental clinics to reverse some of the harm that's been done. I'm wondering on, you know, when it comes to your work, how difficult that might be to prove harm done due to lack of fluoride as opposed to, and, you know, not saying anything about your plaintiffs necessarily, but uh, if there are is a cavity, if there are teeth that are missing— you know, that could be Mountain Dew or something like that. Um, how do you necessarily prove that it is one thing over the other?
1: Sure. Um, under the law, we only need to prove that fluoride was a substantial factor in causing any of the tooth decay or cavities. Uh, substantial factor under you know, New York common law uh, can be as little as 1%. You know, the causation element of this we think we're gonna be able to rely on numerous studies that have been done by the federal and international agencies that reflect that communities with um, water fluorid- fluoridation have significantly better dental outcomes than communities without it. And so in class action lawsuits, and especially in the environmental context like this, you do often rely on the work of experts and science and statistics to make kind of those class-wide demonstrations, but our hope would be, and our thought would be, that everyone who's lived in the city of Buffalo since uh, 2015 has been harmed in some way by not having fluoridated water. And so, if, if those if anyone wanted to use those clinics, they would be available to them.
0: Robert, do you have a date and a court to hear this?
1: We we do not. You know, we filed it last night. Um, There is, the defendants have a a number of um, options for how they're going to respond, um, but we don't yet have um, information about who our judge will be or or when they'll next hear from us.
2: Well, Robert, we really do appreciate the time this morning and uh, thank you for the update. I'm sure we'll be checking in in the future. Robert Corp, attorney who is filing that class action lawsuit against the city of Buffalo, over the lack of fluoride in the water supply. That's 9.30 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo.